0: Well, let's jump into what we're talking about today. We are in this series called The Book of Prayers, and uh, we're in this season and series for a purpose, because a lot of times I get questions about prayer, especially if you're a brand new Christian. People ask me questions about prayer, something like, am I doing it right? Like, is there, am I folding my hands right? Do I need to kneel when I pray? Or, Or is there a certain direction I need to face Is there a certain time of day that I need to pray? How many thys and thous and arts do I need to include in my prayer? People ask about the length of time. Do I need to lie prostrate on the floor? Are there right and wrong words to say? And the answer to all of those questions is no. No. The, there, there's nothing, not anything specific that you need to do. You can, you can be in any posture you want to. You can pray any time of day. You can be facing any direction. That means you can be in your car. You can be at home. You can be in the shower. You can be walking down the road. In any posture or position that you want to at any time for any amount of time that you would like to. And there are no right or wrong words. For there to be right or wrong words turns prayer into a magic spell, and that makes you God and not God God. Right? Amen. Because if there are just right words to say, it means that there's an incantation that you are uttering that makes him do what you want him to do. Well, that's not a kind of God I want to serve because that makes me God, and I'm not a very good God. I don't know about you, but let me digress. So these questions and more are the reason for this season and this series. I say season because we're in a season of 21 days of prayer started August 4th and is going through the 24th uh, at, of this month. And uh, we are in a season of these, this time of prayer because a lot of times in the summertime we go on vacation, right? And we, we take vacation from work, we take vacation from our, our regular schedule. And what happens is we wind up also taking vacation from God, maybe from vacation from church or from our spiritual disciplines. And so in August, everybody's coming back and getting back into their routine, and I want to offer you 21 days to get back into the swing of things spiritually, to make prayer a priority. In fact, in order to help you do that, for those of you who have never done this before, or for those of you that are just like, man, I need to get refreshed, we, we have this. It's called a prayer guide or the pray first guide. These are free. You can't pay for them. You've already paid for them. If you're giving, These are available for you at the Connect Center after service today. They'll help you on this 21 days of prayer because they have lots of different models of prayers, ways to pray, help you understand what prayer targets are, and and even has a little prayer journal in the back. And so I want to encourage you to pick one of these up during this season because it'll be very, very helpful to you. So so we're going through these 21 days asking you to join us daily in prayer because it takes 21 days to start a habit and to get it going. And so we want to help you in that way, to kickstart your spiritual life again after the, the summertime. And one of the ways we're doing that is we're posting daily prayer focuses online so that you can see what we're praying about that day and has an opportunity for you to place your prayer request there as well on our Facebook and social media accounts. But also, we're, we're actually doing this for the very first time. We have a live prayer service on Wednesday mornings. So throughout this 21 days, there will be three prayer services. there Wednesday mornings from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Good Lord, that's early. Good Lord. But we had a great group show up this past week, and I know that, that they really enjoyed it. And I just want to encourage you, make the effort. You know what? In a relationship, sometimes you have to go the extra mile, right, to experience something brand new. And I want to encourage you, if your spiritual life is stale and you've never come to a prayer meeting, especially at 6 a.m. in the morning... Come on and join us. We'll be right here in this space praying and, and, uh, and touching heaven and asking God to touch this earth. So, so join us for that. Amen, everybody? Amen. So that's the season we're in. The series we're in is called The Book of Prayers. And here's our key verse for the series it says in Ephesians 6 this: it says, Pray in, in the Spirit in every situation. Some of y'all didn't know that you could pray in every situation. You thought that your situation looked like this and it was in the morning or it was over your food or it was at night on your knees next to your bed praying like this. No, Paul said pray in every situation, in, in, in every, every situation you find yourself in. In the car, when somebody cuts you off, pray first before you extend an invitation. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? I'm not gonna show you, but you know. Before you respond to that email or to the text message, pray first. Before you send your kids off to school, pray first. Before you enter into that meeting, pray first. Like in every situation you find yourself, you can pray. Prayer is not just a moment. Prayer is an ongoing, all-day-long conversation that you can have with God. That's what prayer is. So you pray in every situation. And then he goes on to say, and use every kind of prayer and request there is. You're like, Aaron, I know only one prayer, and it's help. That's the kind of prayer that we tend to pray to God. God, if you get me out of this situation, and then we attach something we're never going to do if he does what we ask him to do, right? Help, Lord. I'm in trouble. But there's different kind of prayers, and so that's what this series is really is about. I'm covering different kinds of prayers that are found in the Bible, different models or different patterns of prayer that are available to us. Last week, we went over the, the prayer of Moses, which is essentially using the tabernacle, the portable church, that the Israelites used as they walked through the desert for 40 years, where God's presence manifested itself there. We, we use that pattern as a model for prayer, and if you missed that, it's one of my favorite ways to pray. It's the way that I regularly pray, and I would just encourage you to take a listen uh, to that message or watch it online. But today, we're going to go over a prayer that was actually made famous by uh, a preacher a few years back, and he published a book, and it's called The Prayer of Jabez, all right? So I want to take a look at this because it's really important. Now, some context for you. If you didn't hear about this, the book that the, the, the pastor wrote and have no idea what this is all about, join the crowd. Let's go. I'll tell you all about it, all right? So the prayer of Jabez is found in the Old Testament. That's the first half of your Bible, all right? That's all the time before Jesus walked this earth is, is that first Old Testament. It's 39 different books and letters. And in the book of Chronicles is, we, is where we find this prayer, Now, if you've ever read the book of Chronicles, I'm going to tell you something. For the majority of it, it's pretty boring. Now, I've been warned against telling people that the Bible is boring. You don't want to tell people that the Bible is boring. This part's boring. It's necessary. It's necessary for genealogy's sake and for history's sake, but it's kind of boring because it basically says, and he begat him, and he begat him, and he begat him and he begat him, and he begat him, and then they begat them, and then they begat them, and then they begat them, and they begat them. Are you all bored yet? And they begat them. <laughs> Chapter two, and then he begat them, and then he begat them. Like, this is the way it goes. Seriously, it, it's kind of like, it's a snooze fest. If you need to go to sleep at night, you're having trouble because your mind is swirling. Just open that book right there, Chronicles. There you go. And just start with all the begats. The rest of the Bible is amazing. I'm just telling you. But this one is interesting. And what's interesting about the prayer of Jabez is because in the middle of these 600 names, of all these begats, they talk about Jabez and the prayer that he prayed. That that God has the, the, the author of this book pause and tell the story of Jabez. And I think the placement of his prayer is what makes it noteworthy and peculiar. So... Let's jump to it. This is in Chronicles, and this is what it said. It said, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Now, hold on a second. Ladies, what child did you bring into this world that you weren't in pain when you had him or her? But this lady, she's got multiple kids. And she decided to name this guy Pain, because that's what his name means. Jabez means pain." she's like, "Can you imagine the situation? "Oh hi, welcome to my home. This is Thomas, and this is Ariana, and this is John, and that over there is Pain. And like I mean... you have to see the humor in this situation, like pain. What was she experiencing that was so dramatic that she needed to slap a label on her son? And call him a pain. I mean, I'm sure there's time in her life when he was a pain. But somebody said amen. I don't even know who that was. Somebody's, somebody's relating to it like right there. That's awesome. I love it. But mom put this label on his life. And I think a lot of you can relate to that. Because there's somebody in your life that put a label on you. Maybe it was your mom or your dad. Maybe it was a teacher. Maybe it was a pastor. Maybe it was a friend, somebody you trusted. Somebody has put a label on you that has spoken to your worth. Maybe they've called you pain. Or maybe there's a label that you've been carrying yourself because of something you've done. Maybe that label is divorce. Or your label is bankruptcy. Maybe you've just got a label of worthlessness attached to yourself. So so you understand Jabez's situation. But if you were Jabez, if your name was pain, when we look at this prayer based on how we tend to pray, you would think that Jabez would be crying out to God talking about his past and his pain. Saying, God, help me with this situation. I'm in trouble. Help me because of what I've done. But you'll note that his prayer doesn't mention his past. His prayer doesn't mention his pain. What it does talk about is God's plan and God's promises and his purpose for his life. So check it out. It says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me. He's crying out. Sorry, I didn't mean to scare you if you were asleep. Some translations say, oh, that you would bless me indeed. He's crying out to God. And enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me. And keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And see, you'll note that as he began to pray, God's plans and his purposes for him. Says, And God granted his request. So God pauses all these begats to tell this powerful prayer that he chose to honor. And that prayer takes shape and simply says this that if you will focus on your future and what God has for you, then and only then will you be able to strip off the labels that you have put on your life and that others have put on you. If you'll, instead of focusing on your past and your pain, focus on his promise, his purposes, and his plan, you'll strip off that label. And I'm here to tell you that God wants that for you I want that for you as your pastor. If you don't have a pastor, I'm it, hi. I want that for you. In fact, all of the programming that we have here at this church is, is, is built and structured around that pathway for you to know God, for you to find freedom, for you to discover your purpose so that you can make a difference. It's what God wants for you, it's what we want for you. And my encouragement to you early in this message is to get on board. Trust the process and see what God has for you. Today, though, let's look at this simple prayer. And it's a prayer that Jabez prayed that if you're, if you're just looking at it, you can pray it in less than a minute. Some of you are like, I like that kind of prayer. I like that prayer. I like it simple. But you can also spend a lot of time on it if you want to, tackling each of the points, each of the sentences that I'll give you today. Each of the reflections are things that you can ponder, you can meditate, you can stop, and you can worship, you can sing, you can spend some time doing it, but you can most certainly do it quickly. So here it is. Let's let's tear it apart here. 1 Chronicles 4, verse 10 says, oh, that you would bless me. Now, that word bless is the Hebrew word barach. It means that God has something that he wants to stoop down and to put into your life. Isn't that something? That's beautiful. And it's something you don't have, and it's something you can't get. It's something that only he has, that he would bless you. And so our prayer, our one sentence is that we can pray for blessing. Now, I'm not talking about money. Uh, blessing, people always think about blessing me. The Lord is blessing me, and you imagine dollar bills flying at your face, right? Like, That's, that's not... That's not what God's blessing is. It could include that, but it is not summarized by that. Something as common as money. God's blessing comes with health. Health for your mind. Health for your heart and your emotions. Health for your relationships. Health for your finances. Health for your marriage. Health for your kids. It is more than just money. God's blessing comes with favor. Do you know this? that a moment of favor is worth a lifetime of work. Think about that. You can work as hard and hard and hard as you want to, and some of you have done this on the job. You put in the extra time, you've gone the extra mile, and somebody's niece or nephew steps into the limelight and gets that promotion instead of you. Why? Because they had favor and you did not. God's blessing comes with favor. It's not as common as money. It, it, it might have that. It might might include that. But the Bible says that God gives us a shield of victory, and your right hand sustain me. He says, "You stoop down to make me great." See, that's what God's blessing does. When We're talking about God bless me. It's Him stooping down into your world and making you great. If you were to look at my life and say, "Man, Aaron, you are blessed," you're right. I am. I'm blessed. I have a beautiful wife, three three amazing kids two amazing little puppies. They're so cute. I've got a good life. I have strong relationships and friends, people that love me and surround me, and protect me. Like I, I, I am blessed, but anything I have, anything that you see in me that you would identify is great is because God alone has given it to me. Amen. And God wants to do that in your life too. He wants to bless you And he wants to bless you abundantly. Now listen, this is not prosperity preaching. I'm not telling you that you can name it and claim it, blab it and grab it and tell God, you know, I'm going to boop, boop, boop on the vending machine and you're going to give me whatever it is I want. This is not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about that kind of blessing. I'm talking about God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you abundantly. Because what father doesn't want to bless his kids? What dad is in in his child's life and doesn't want to bless him? with an abundant life. God wants you to have more. But he doesn't want you just to have more so that you can say, I got more. So that you can brag about it. No, God's purpose and intent for giving you more is so that you can be a blessing to others with your more. So that you can be a blessing. That, that is the purpose. Check it out. Genesis 12, 2. This is God's being. He said, I will bless you, and you'll be a blessing to others. See, God's not just looking for people to bless. He's looking for people to bless through. That's what he's looking for, and I want to be one of those people. I want to be one of those people that I can say, God, bless me with more than I have so that I can be more than I need so that I can be a blessing to more people. In fact, I would tell you, we need to stop just praying for our personal needs, and we need to start praying for more than we need. Pray for more than we need so that we can bless others. So here's the prayer. If we were to just to take that, that Lord bless me and just expand it a little bit, here's the sentence. Here it is. Lord, give me more than, than I need so I can be a blessing to the world around me. And that's the first part of the prayer, the prayer of Jabez. And listen, I don't only want this in my life. I want God to bless this church with more than we need. Because my goodness, do you know what we could do if we had more than we needed here? Do you, could you, do you know all that's in my heart? Like, God has given me so much vision for all that we could accomplish. I've got so much in my heart that we, couldn't even, we can't even do it until we have more than we need. What are those things? Let me tell you. First of all, I don't know if you know this or not about the city of Reynoldsburg, but we have a large homeless population that are living right here among us. I would love to bring the Dream Center to the east side. In fact, I'm meeting with the director of them this week to begin that conversation. I want to bring the Dream Center to the, side, to the east side, which means we're going to need facilities. We're going to need people. We're going to need finances to do all that, to serve them, because that's what the Dream Center does downtown. Those that are overlooked and neglected. In fact, you've probably seen a homeless person and not even realized it. You can drive straight down Main Street, and there's a guy that lives at the bus stop there at Main and Bryce. There's even more than that, just that one guy. There's a whole community. There's a couple we know of that's living behind the Kmart, we want to, I want to serve them. I want to bring the Dream Center here. There's a whole population of Nepalese people that are living here that were exiled from their own company or from their own country in Bhutan. Exiled. They lost their country. They lost their people. They lost their friends, their lands, their property, all of it. They were exiled to Nepal because of their belief system. They lived in tents for 20 years and now The USA is bringing them here for the last five to seven years. They've been bringing them over, dropping them in Colorado, and they've migrated east, and guess what? They love Reynoldsburg, and guess what? They need to know that Reynoldsburg loves them back. They need to know that God loves them. They need resources. They need need to learn how to speak English. They need to have advocates here in our community so that they can understand our laws, so that they can start businesses, so that they can be part of God's plan for their life. And and all that that the freedom that America offers for them. They they need a family. They need a community back. Do you know who else I'd love to love on? I'd, I'd love to come straight at this drug epidemic that is just destroying people's lives. Pickerington, that's a nearby city. That's just like right there. It's like one of the highest in the nation for the drug epidemic. And that means not only helping efforts to make sure that 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 stuff stops, but helping those who are actually on a a pathway to recovery because they are sweet and amazing and beautiful people who are fighting for their lives and they are welcome here and we want to love them and support them and help them rebuild their lives. But we need resources to be able to do all that. Look, I'm telling you, there is so much in my heart that I want to be able to do with us as a church. I'd love to get into the prisons and take the love and the community that we have here to those who are incarcerated. I want to do all of this, but we need to pray that God gives us more so that we can be a blessing to others. That's not even Vision Sunday, and I'm just laying it all out for you. This is what I want to do. Man, I'd do more if God would give us more, and I believe that he will. So here we go. Let's keep going. So we pray for more, but we also ask... Jabez said, enlarge my territory. He's like, if I have more, I'll do more, but I'm gonna need a little more than this. I'm gonna need some influence. So we pray for influence. We pray for the opportunity to influence people's lives. Now here's the thing, all of us have influence. Every single one of you has influence in your lives, but what we need to do is grow in that influence to be stretched, to allow God to expand that influence level past your comfort level. Because I believe this, God has a life that... That is bigger for you to live than the life you're currently living. I, I believe that with all of my heart. That a lot of you are living your lives and you're living in a way that life is just all about you. That, that the pinnacle of it is for you to get more, for you to have more. And that you're living your life in such a way that it's just about you and your life isn't very fulfilling at all. In fact, if you continue to live this way, you're going to be stuck in a life that is, that is circular and cyclical. That, that you're stuck in this cycle of meaninglessness, that, that the greatest thing you need to do is to realize that life isn't about you. And once you realize that, it will be a motivation factor to you. Because you know what? The happiest people are not people with no problems. They're not The happiest people are not people with a big bank account and, and the house and the car. That, that, that's, not, that's not the happiest people. The happiest people are people with purpose. They're people with purpose because they see life through a lens of doing more for others, and therefore they gain the capacity to do more for others. Living a life that is beyond yourself. This is something that sociologists call transcendent living. If you want success, it isn't about more money. It isn't about less problems. Success comes when you have a clear purpose in your life. That's why Paul said this in, in another one of his prayers in Ephesians. He said, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Listen, if you, some of you are, are living a life that is hopeless. And let me tell you something. The hope that you are looking for is only attached to your calling. You will not find it without that. In other words, figuring out why you're here on this earth. Discovering God's plan and his purpose for your life. For the reason why you're here today. That's why we do growth track. We do growth track at step two. That's today, right? Any growth track people confirm that? Thank you. Today is step two of the growth track. Step two is where we help you. We help you understand God's design for you. We give you some profiles, a personality profile, a spiritual gifts profile, and all of these things, they, they speak of your design. And you need to know your design because your design points to your destiny. It speaks to why you're here on this earth. It's important that you know that. And I want you to, to understand that for, for several reasons, but primarily today I want you to understand that if you understand your design and you understand your, des- your destiny, then it will help you take your focus off your pain, place it on your calling, and it will shift everything for you. We'll help you with your pain. We have a process. We have systems for that. We, we want to walk with you through your points of pain. That's what finding freedom is all about, our grow groups, you know. You get in there and you learn to walk a different way. You get in relationship with people who walk with you through those points of pain. But if I can get you to focus on your destiny, my God, working with your pain is easier. That's why Jabez is saying, listen, I know I'm, I'm in pain. I know I have pain. I know I am pain. But if you bless me, I'll use it to do more. Watch what Paul says as we continue in Ephesians 1.18. He says, that hope to, to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in, this, in the saints. Listen, God's inheritance for you isn't things. It's not stuff. It's people. Your purpose in life is people. Your calling is people. No matter what you do, no matter what function you hold in this life, it's about people. If you serve on the dream team here in any capacity, your function is not the point. Running lights and and operating the cameras and playing guitar the the way that Nate plays it so sweetly. It is not about that. That is not the point of it. it. The point of it is people. Y'all can join me anytime you want to. It's okay. It's all right. I'm having a good time up here. You should, it's fun. Jump in the water. It's good. (laughs) Let me show it to you in Psalm. This is God talking. He said, ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth, your possession. See, he'll let us influence people. If we'll ask him, expand our influence, grow it. He's put a purpose inside of you in order to be able to do that. God has a purpose for your life, and until you find it, you'll be stuck in that cycle of meaninglessness. So our our one sentence from this, if you want to pray a sentence instead of, Lord, grow my influence or give me influence, is, Lord, show me your purpose for my life so I can live a life bigger than my own. Ask anyone who is living out God's purpose for their lives, and they'll tell you that they live differently as a result. That they're living a life that is full and fulfilled as a result. So we pray, God, give me more than, than, than I need so I can be a blessing for others. God, help me understand my purpose for life so I can live a life that's bigger than my own. But if you're going to pray this, you need to understand that, that you can't do that on your own. Do you know why? You're not enough. Welcome to Simple Church. We preach a positive and encouraging messages. <laughs> Pastor Aaron told me I wasn't enough. You're not. If you're going to do what God's called you to do, You're not enough to do it on your own. That's why Jabez goes on and he prays this. He says, if you're going to bless me and expand my influence, let your hand be with me. Let your hand be with me. Now God's hand is representative of his power and his presence in your life. So we can simply say this. We're going to pray for God's presence. See, what God has for you is too big for you. You need his presence in your life. Check it out. The early church, it says this about them. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Listen, these are the same people, the same fishermen that doubted Jesus the whole time, the same tax collectors, these same people that over and over again, you see them kind of acting brutish and honestly not really smart. As you read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see the disciples, the people that Jesus left, left in their hands to spread the good news about who he was and what he had done. (laughs) But you know what the hallmark of their lives was? They could tell. People who talked about him. They knew that they had spent time with Jesus. They knew that God's presence was with them, and his hand was upon them. And you knew that in, in, in Acts because People, a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. That's not something any of the disciples could have done on their own. And I'm being honest, anything that you look at here that you're like, man, this is just great. I really love this. I love the community. I love the preaching. His beard is glorious. Listen, anything that, anything that you found here that is great is because God's hand is upon us. Listen, you don't start church in a funeral home because every other place in Reynoldsburg was closed and grow it to two services, right? That doesn't happen in a funeral home. God's hand was upon us. I'm not smart enough, and none of our team was either to make that happen. God did that. God did that, and he continues to do that. We need his hand. We need his presence with us in everything. That's why the 21 days of prayer to me is so important because I need you to walk with God daily, God wants to do something in your life, but he wants to do something through us together as a church. And you need his presence with you every day. Every Sunday, you know, before I get up here on stage, I I stand right there. And I ask God for his grace to preach his word. Because here's the thing. He's gifted me with the gift of gab. I can talk. I can talk all day long. In fact, I do talk all day long. You can ask my wife. I talk a lot. I say lots of things. It's interesting how, how a lot of times when I'm talking, you know, of my with, with my own strength and about myself or, or anything else that the people's lives aren't changed. But I get up here and God goes with me, and lives change. Hearts are open to His, to what God wants to do in their lives. And so I ask God, Look, I don't want to go up there without You. I don't want to do this without You. Grant me Your grace. Grant me your spirit. Fill me so that I can, I can do this because I cannot do it alone. And here's the thing. If you try to do something on your own, in your own strength, you're only going to be as good as it as you are. I want to be as good at it as God is. Come on, somebody. I want to be good. I'm preaching about like 50% better than you're shouting this morning. And I just want you to know, I'm up here sweating all over myself. I mean, like it's... It's good. I'm going to go home and preach this to myself. It's all right. We'll just be, I'll just be encouraged. It's good. Here's the thing. You need to pray for God's presence every day before you go to work, before you send your kids to school. God, go with my kids. They're going into territory that is dark. God, be with me while I'm at work. Be with me before I leave the house. Check out what Moses said. Moses said to God, he said, if your presence does not go with us, don't send us from here. How will anyone know you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? Like, God, don't, I, I don't want to go nowhere without you. He said he asked this of God from the beginning. And this is what I've asked God from the beginning. Hey, God, you need to go with me. I need you to do something that's so great that nobody looks at it and says, Aaron did that. Because there's no way Aaron did that. God, do something greater than we could have done on our own so that you receive glory. That's been my prayer, just like it was Moses' prayer. Because I'm not smart enough. God's presence has led us like a fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day, just like he led the Israelites. As a church, as a people, we need God's presence. Moses said, what else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, watch this. See, when you start praying God's priorities, watch what happens every single time. I'll do the very thing you've asked. I'll do the very thing you've asked. See, there's a pattern all throughout Scripture of God responding when you start praying his plans, when you start praying his will. I mean, even Jesus did this in the Garden of Gethsemane before he went to the cross. He's like, hey, Dad, listen, everything I'm getting ready to face is going to suck. So if you could just go ahead and figure out another way. But watch. He said, but let, let not my will be done, but yours. He prayed that three times. It's amazing what happens when you begin to pray God's plan and his purpose. So we're asking for his blessing so that we can be a blessing for others. We're asking for him to expand our influence and now we're asking, Lord, be with me because what you've called me to is too big for me. Be with me because what you called me to is too big for me. So give me more to be a blessing. Let me live a life of purpose and that is bigger than my potential. And, get, and God, be with me because I can't do it alone. And all this is really good stuff. But warning, danger, if you start praying prayers like this, look out. Because the enemy and all of hell is coming with him to stop you. That's why the next part of the prayer, you need to say, and keep me from harm. Jabez prayed for protection, and that's what we need to do is to pray for protection. Now, this prayer, you can pray it in a minute. God, bless me. Expand my influence. Let your presence go with me and protect me. Bless me. Grow my influence. Go with me. Protect me. That was all really quick, right? It's an easy, simple prayer. We like simple things around here. You can pray it in a minute or you can spend time on it. But I encourage you to try it this week. You need to pray for protection. There's a day coming that you're going to need it. I'm going to tell you, I've been going through the toughest season of my life this year. The enemy's tried hard to take me out. But God has protected me. He's put people in my life to protect me. And those people have created space for me to be protected. You're going to need protection. Because the enemy's going to come at you with everything that he's got. And he's going to try to take you out when you start praying prayers like this. When you become activated, praying God's plan and his purpose for your life. Why is the enemy attacking me? Well, Because we're taking enemy territory, folks. I mean, for crying out loud. Last Sunday, two people said yes to Jesus. The entire trajectory of their lives changed. I mean, like, come on. The enemy's not happy with us as a church. and The devil's gonna be gunning for you as well when you start praying this prayer. You say, Aaron, that's kind of scary. Can't you just talk to me about nice things? Listen, if I don't talk to you about these things, it's not gonna change the situation that you've got an enemy who hates your life. So I'd rather just be honest with you and tell you about it. And if you're scared, okay. But not talking about the devil doesn't make him go away. Check out what the Bible has to say. It says the devil is like, not that he is, but he's like a roaring lion Seeking whom he may devour. This dude is patient. He is meticulous. He will lie in hiding and crouch and wait for the right moment and then wham! <laughs> if somebody just jumped next to you, tell him, welcome to the service. <laughs> the enemy will pounce on you. you so well, I don't like that. Well, just because you don't like it doesn't make it untrue. And you don't have to like it. My encouragement to you and the invitation to you is to fight. You say, well, how do I fight? Good question. The good news is, is that the only thing you need to fight is the name of Jesus. That's it. You know, we sing that song, what a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. Like we rock, you know, it's just good. Oh, man. We get to that part where, where you have no rival. Man, that is just like a moment for me. If you know this song I'm talking about, you have no equal. Right, I love it. But, but it's not just a beautiful name. It's a powerful name. In fact, the Bible says that, that at that name, every enemy must flee. They have to flee. And so we have the name of Jesus. We pray God's protection. We tell the enemy, hey, lay off my kids' lives in Jesus' name. Let go of my marriage in Jesus' name. Lay off of my finances. Get, get, let go of my heart. Let go of my life in Jesus' name. And guess what? The enemy Has to go. And here's what you're gonna find. If you'll try it, you'll see. Paul said this in Romans who's gonna separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness? I don't know why that one's there, by the way. That's an interesting (laughs) thing. Like I get the rest of it, but nakedness, sorry, or danger or sword, knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors. We're not just conquerors, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us we're more than conquerors all you have to do is call on that name pray for protection so we pray God give me more so that I can be a blessing show me my purpose so that I can live a life bigger than my own God don't let me go alone you need to go with me but then finally we can pray Lord strengthen me in and protect me from every attack of the enemy I say strengthen me in because you're going to go through some stuff God will protect you from some stuff because there's plenty of stuff that could have happened to you. I woke up from a nap, and there was some stuff going on, and there's people protecting me. I'm just sleeping. My wife's like, you're not going to believe what was just happening. I mean, it's resolved peacefully. It's all good. But holy cow, Aaron. I was protected. But there's some stuff I've been walking through too. So strengthen me in it. Let your hand be upon me. And then protect me from. You can pray those four sentences every day. And I'm gonna give you a final thought on this because you can make your prayer time about you. You can make your prayer time about your past. You can make it about your pain, or you can talk to God about what He wants to talk about. Since honestly, your past has already been paid for by Jesus, He settled your yesterdays, He paid the price for your sins. You're free. You're free. He's already settled all that stuff. So you can focus on praying God's promises. You can pray about your potential and you can tap into God's power that'll be at work in your life and, and helping you to make a difference in the lives of others. So here's my final thought for you. Here it is. Prayer's focus shouldn't be on us. It should be on God and what he wants for us. And I'll say it this way. Prayer isn't about us moving, or isn't about God moving toward us. Prayer is about us moving toward God. Amen, everybody? Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for today. And my prayer right now, God, we're going to dive into this prayer. My prayer is that you would bless this church. God, bless our marriages. Lord, bless our children. Bless our health, Lord. In our bodies, in our minds, in our relationships, give us health. Bless our emotions, God. Bless our finances, Lord. Bless our dreams. Bless them, Lord. Bless us, God, so that we can be a blessing to others. Father, I pray for each and every single person in this room that you would make us influencers, Lord. Give us a vision for the way that you want us to use the design and the purpose that you placed in us, Lord, to use our lives to impact others, Lord. May we know the hope to that which we are called. And God, Lord, you know we can't do anything without you, so we ask that you go with us, Lord. Be with us, not just on Sundays. Be with us in our groups. Be with us as we serve. Be with us in the grocery store. Be with us in our cars. Be with us in our homes. Be with us in school. Be with us everywhere we go. Be with us. And let us be aware of your presence, God. Let us know that you're near. Finally, God, our enemy is crafty. He's crouching, waiting to take us out. And so, God, I pray that you protect us. And that for those of us that are walking through an attack of the enemy right now, Lord, that you would strengthen every person. For every, every person that is walking through an attack right now, Satan, I rebuke you, and I tell you, you need to let go of God's people. In Jesus' name, let go. I speak freedom and life over each and every single one of us. God, do it. Let us walk in victory over our enemy today. Now there's some of you here today that the most important prayer, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, the most important prayer you need to pray today is one that begins a relationship with God. One that says, I'm ready. I'm ready to know Him. I'm ready to surrender. Surrender means that you're trusting your life in the hands of someone else. And God is trustworthy. He's good. So if you'll trust Him today, if you'll place your trust in him, if you'll invite Jesus into your life, God's not looking for you to be perfect. He's not looking for you to clean up your life before you come to him. He wants you just as you are today. He knows the things you've done. He's not mad at you. He loves you. If you're ready to receive that love and know God to begin this journey that we're gonna walk with you on, (laughs) because you don't need to, you're never meant to walk it alone. If you're ready, I'm gonna pray a prayer. And I'm not going to ask you to stand up or come to the front or go to a small room so I can talk to you after. But I, but I do believe you need, to, you need to take some step to say, God, I want you. And so that step for you is just to, to lift your hand. So if that's you and you're, you're going to pray that prayer today, would you just slip your hand up right now and say, man, that's me. Oh, so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Who else? Who else is going to say, today's my day? That's awesome. You can put your hands down now. Everybody, let's pray together because nobody prays alone. We're family here. Let's pray. Say, Jesus, I need you. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. And show me how to live for you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.